We've got new surveillance video that appears to show evidence of interference in the 2020 election. Kathy Latham, she used to be chairwoman of the Coffee County GOP. She's seen escorting a team of these pro-Trump operatives into this office where we know that these machines were breached. You know, they were opened up. Their software basically scammed or robbed. Are you looking to protect your county elections office and stop MAGA from breaking in to breach your voting machines? Get the all new election interfering video doorbell. Oh, hey, can you never come back, please? Because you never know when fascists will infiltrate the democratic process. Hey, you guys, you know these crimes are being recorded, right? And you're probably going to jail. And you never know when the big man himself might pop by. I just want to find 11,780 votes. Election interfering video doorbell. And coming soon, anti-Q sprinklers. Make that proud boy a wet boy. <laughs> well done, Team Colbert. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's one reason. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am. I am from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles. This is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 in Ridgecrest and China Lake. Also in California in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW, Lancaster, Pennsylvania's WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, in Palinville, New York on WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ, down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950 KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day for you on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, Detour Talk, and most of your favorite podcast sites. Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us. We are going to spend the entire hour Talking about the death of Queen Elizabeth on today's broadcast. No, we're not. I'm just kidding. We're not, Des, we're not going to do that. Okay. No, no Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> well, we might. I, you know, I do want to open up the phones to whatever anyone here wants to talk about. That's how long it's been since we've been able to open the phones. So whatever you want to talk about, if it's the monarchy in the UK, well, I'll leave it to you. 818-985-5735. You know, sometimes... It's what they don't tell you that you need to listen for, especially those folks here uh, listening live in uh, Los Angeles who may have been listening to that whole last hour, which was pretty much about Queen Elizabeth for an hour 
ignoring one of many, but certainly one of the biggest stories over the weekend, uh, over the uh, coming out of Russia and Ukraine, ironically enough, given that host actually works for a Kremlin-funded uh, media site. Anyway, we'll get to all of that. Before I forget, with everything else I want to try to hit today, uh, along with your calls, if you wish, it's up to you, 818-985-KPFK. It is Election Day on Tuesday in Delaware, New Hampshire, and Rhode Island. That's the final three states to hold their uh, primaries this year in advance of the critical November 8 midterm elections. Yes, your long uh, primary election nightmare is Almost over, Desi Doyen. Yes, but that means that our general election midterm nightmare, midterm nightmare is just beginning. Just beginning. Exactly yeah. right. So uh, if you are in one of those three states and you've yet to vote or, or make your voting plan, um, yes, talking to you, listeners in Concord, New Hampshire on 94.7 WNHN, uh, it is now or never. Beyond that... Um, well, between some time off and the holiday last week, we have not been able to uh, be here live from our KPFK studios in a while, but we are today. So that's why I do want to open up the lines, 818-985-5735, to anything, anything you want to talk about, anything you want to ask me about, you can ask me anything. And then I will either answer it or not answer it. In any event, 818-985-KPFK. Uh, anything, you know, from the past week or two or three, uh, there is plenty to talk about in all fronts today, both home and abroad. So I will let you drive if you want to. Otherwise, uh, I got a lot to talk about. And uh, if time allows or you don't want to call in and use your public airwaves before you lose them more than you already have, uh, I want anyone calling yet, Des? Any calls? Yeah, is no, it, no, no, not okay. yet. Okay, all right. So Let me know the minute. Number. Okay. 818-985-KPFK. Uh, I've got some uh, uh, follow-up news that we might get to after several of the interviews I did last week on this program, one of them with Marilyn Marks of the Coalition for Good Governance in Georgia. They are suing to force the uh, state of Georgia to move to 100% from 100% unverifiable touchscreens to verifiable hand-marked paper ballots across the state, uh, which is now an even more urgent necessity than ever. As we discussed with Marilyn, um, now, given what we learned over the past week or so, thanks to Marilyn and that security camera surveillance videotape that she obtained from Coffee County, Georgia, you heard that uh, reference in the uh, Colbert bit we played at the top of the show. Hopefully you've seen it by now. These folks from uh, Team MAGA coming into this election office in uh, Coffee County, Georgia, and getting complete access to the uh, voting systems, the computers that are used across the entire state, uh, breaching that system unlawfully, making copies of the software, um, and uh, the cover-up of the entire thing by the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger. So you can download that show if you missed it uh, via bradblog.com with Marilyn Marks discussing that news, breaking that news, really, on this show. It is a must-listen, in my opinion. Bradblog.com, you can download it. Yes, Desiree? Yes, I agree that you, it is a must-listen. Yes. And also, it's important because it is a, a scheme that has been replicated in other states. Yep. This going in, breaching the voting system security, making copies of it, yep. and distributing it to unauthorized people 
in other states. I mean, it's 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 not just this one state. It's in a number of states. No, and like I said, I may have more that I, I want to get to uh, on that story in a little bit, but it depends if people call us or not and derail the show. You are welcome to do it. I've also got a bit of a follow-up to my conversation on our previous broadcast with longtime legal analyst and Supreme Court expert Dahlia Lithwick on the perilous state of our wholly corrupted U.S. court system at this point. Now that it's been fully captured by Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump and the Federalist Society, as you may have noticed, in the ridiculous rulings coming from one Judge Eileen Cannon in South Florida in the matter of thousands of documents that were stolen uh, by Donald Trump from the White House and uh, the injunction that Judge Cannon has now placed on the Department of Justice's criminal investigation into the former president's apparent violation of the Espionage Act and much more, not to mention the whole passel of corrupt rulings handed down by the high court at the end of the previous session of the uh, Supreme Court back in June, including overturning Roe v. Wade. And we uh, spoke quite a bit in detail with um, Dahlia about what can and must be done about it this November and beyond. So uh, we may get to that in a bit. But let me start um, abroad today, since this has received uh, the least coverage of all the stories that I may or may not get to today, depending on uh, if you want to ring in at 818-985-KPFK. But Russia attacked power stations and other infrastructure on Sunday, causing widespread outages across Ukraine as Kyiv's forces pressed a swift counteroffensive that has left Russian troops reeling and fleeing one stronghold after another, one previously captured city after another, and regrouping elsewhere after being driven from swaths of territory that it had occupied in the northeast part of the country. The bombardment ignited a massive fire at a power station on Kharkiv's western outskirts. President Vladimir Zelensky denounced the, quote, deliberate and cynical missile strikes against civilian targets as acts of terrorism. Ukraine's largest city of Kharkiv appeared to be without power on Sunday night. Separately and previously, the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant in the Russia-occupied south was completely shut down in a bid to prevent a radiation disaster as fighting raged nearby. That is actually good news, but it and I'll go into some details on it there for you. But when I talked about, uh, you know, sometimes it's what they don't tell you. And I mentioned the guy who's on the air before us here in uh, in Los Angeles, uh, who actually is paid, who actually does two hours a day, five days a week for a Russia funded uh, media outlet who loves to talk about Russia and Ukraine every week. But now that Russian forces have been absolutely routed in parts of uh, in parts of Ukraine, Moscow is not talking about it. And therefore, the guy who comes on the air before me did not say one word about Ukraine and Russia uh, over the entire hour. Talked about the Queen of England instead. Anyway, uh, so I, I thought you should know this stuff because it's actual facts that you kind of need to know. Whether some people would prefer to ignore it is a separate matter. After several days being disconnected from the grid, Europe's largest nuclear plant was reconnected 
to Ukraine's electricity grid over the weekend, allowing engineers to finally shut down its last operational reactor in an attempt to avoid a radiation disaster as fighting has been raging in the area. The six-reactor Zaporizhia uh, plant uh, is uh, lost its outside source of power a week or so ago after all its power lines were disconnected due to the shelling in the area, which means it was operating in what's called island mode uh, for several days. It had no uh, electricity from the outside to keep it cool. Instead, it was generating electricity for itself uh, and and its own crucial cooling systems using the only remaining operational reactor in order to do so. This was a very serious situation, and frankly, it still is a very uh, serious situation. They do have power back, which meant that they could then uh, shut down that final reactor so they can use power again from the outside, at least in theory, at least as long as that power continues to keep the plant cool, because even though the six reactors have been shut down, they still require power in order to prevent a meltdown from happening. Yes, it's rather important to prevent a meltdown <laughs> yes. from happening. And yes. so, yeah, that, that external electricity is required. And if shelling and uh, fighting continues around uh, the, the plant mm-hmm. and that gets cut off again, yep. the International Atomic Energy Agency says that the plant has about 10 days' worth of diesel fuel on hand in order to keep those generators going. Um, it's considered bad um, a bad idea to use yeah. the nuclear re- nuclear reactor's own power to keep itself online mm-hmm. and from having a meltdown. Yep. So that's why they've gone ahead and shut it down for safety and in hopes that the power will stay uh, sufficient and uninterrupted to keep those uh, reactors from melting down and also the uh, nuclear waste that's stored on site. We hope so. Uh, it is one of the 10 biggest atomic power stations in the world. It has been occupied by Russian forces, endangering it since early in the war, which marked its 200th day on Sunday. Ukraine and Russia blamed each other for shelling around the plant that has damaged the power lines connecting it to the grid. We don't know. We have no idea, frankly, who is telling the truth about whose fault all of this is. Of course, uh, it It's a plant in Ukraine, a sovereign country that Russia has invaded and has taken over this plant. So you can, you know, connect the dots there as you see fit. The company that operates the plant renewed its appeal for Russian forces to leave the plant and allow the creation of a demilitarized zone around it. So far, Russia has refused to do that. The uh, director of the IAEA, as uh, Des mentioned ago, said he remains, quote, gravely concerned about the situation at the plant, which remains in danger as long as any shelling continues nearby. Also on Sunday, French President Emmanuel Macron urged Russian President Vladimir Putin to withdraw his troops and weapons from the plant and ensure its safety and security in line with IAEA operations and recommendations. Macron uh, reminded Putin in a phone conversation that the, quote, Russian occupation of the nuclear plant was the cause for concern over its integrity, according to a statement from the French presidency. But Kiev's stunning military offense... Uh, in uh, recent days to reclaim a whole bunch of Russia-occupied areas in the Kharkiv region forced Moscow to withdraw its troops to prevent them from being surrounded 
leaving behind significant numbers of weapons and munitions and tanks in the bargain as they reportedly beat a hasty retreat on uh, Sunday as it was the 200th day of uh, Putin's war there. Ukraine's military chief said its forces had recaptured about 3,000 square kilometers. That's about 1,160 square miles. Since the counteroffensive began in early September, he said Ukrainian troops are only 50 kilometers, that's about 30 miles at this time, from the Russian border. The swift fall of Izium, for example, in Kharkiv province was Russia's worst military defeat since its troops were forced back from the Ukrainian capital, Kiev, back in March. So despite what many are describing as a uh, new turning point and even perhaps an inflection point in this war, in this long war, which had largely ground to a uh, stalemate, Russia officials have said nothing to their public about this turn of events, which is how they deal with things they don't want their people to know about, which is why you may not even have heard about this uh, on this particular radio station until right now. And that has, of course, angered uh, some of the Russian nationalists in Moscow, some of the folks who are actually in favor of this war. The Russian Defense Ministry said Saturday the withdrawal from Izium and other areas was intended to strengthen Mox Moscow's forces. They meant to do that, in other words, uh, in, in elsewhere in neighboring Donetsk uh, to the south. The explanation was similar to how Russia justified pulling back from Kiev earlier this year. Oh, it's all part of the plan. It was not a stunning surprise reversal in fortunes for them. But Igor Strelkov, who led Russia-backed forces when the separatist, uh, separatist conflict in the Donbass erupted way back in 2014, mocked the Russian defense ministry's explanation of this retreat. And this is a guy who supports Russian efforts. As Russian uh, forces abandoned town after town on Saturday in Moscow, Putin attended the opening of a huge Ferris wheel in a park. He inaugurated a new transport link and opened a sports arena. The action underscored the Kremlin's narrative that the war is uh, the war it embarrassingly continues to call a special military operation was all going according to plan without affecting Russians' everyday lives. But pro-Kremlin poli uh, political analysts such as Sergei Markov criticized the Moscow festivities as a grave mistake you know, opening this new Ferris wheel uh, on his uh, discussing on his messaging app, quote, the fireworks in Moscow on a tragic day of Russia's military defeat will have extremely serious political consequences. Authorities mustn't celebrate when people are mourning. But of course, when you have a, a leadership, a, a regime who is still trying to pretend there is not really a war here at all. It's just a special military operation, and, and you have a compliant state-controlled and state-funded media that uh, will, you know, faces criminal charges and imprisonment if they report anything counter to what the regime wants them to report. Well, you get into this bizarre state where officials in Moscow and their sycophants on the radio and television are saying and doing one thing despite the realities of war that they alone, Russia alone, started and that Russia alone can end in a sign of 
A potential rift in the Russian leadership, Razman Kadyrov, the Kremlin-backed head of Chechnya, a Putin ally whose uh, troops have been at the forefront of the campaign in Ukraine, Kadyrov said the retreat resulted from blunders by the Russian brass. Quote, they have made mistakes and I think they will draw the necessary conclusion, he said. If they don't make changes in the strategy of conducting the special military operation in the next day or two, he said, I will be forced to contact the leadership, the leadership of the defense ministry and the leadership of the country to explain the real situation on the ground. 818-985-5735 is our phone number, 818-985-KPFK. If you have any thoughts on this or, as I said, anything else, Moscow's almost total silence on the defeat, according to Reuters today, or any explanation for what had taken place in northern east, uh, northeastern Ukraine, provokes significant anger among the pro-war commentators and the Russian nationalists on social media. A uh, fascinating story that they now seem to be turning, uh, perhaps, on Putin himself, uh, at least for the defense on the uh, defense minister, Sergei Shoigu, um, both of whom are pretending that none of this is going on. In the meantime, uh, Ukraine has hailed the rapid advance, which saw thousands of so Russian soldiers fleeing, leaving behind ammo stockpiles and equipment. They've uh, hailed this as a turning point, in fact, in the six-month-old war. So despite what you may have been told elsewhere or not been told elsewhere, given that, you know, Queen Elizabeth has died, and that appears to be the most important news in the world right now, that is where things stand at this hour in, in Ukraine, in Russia's seemingly endless, horrific war on its sovereign neighbor, a war whose uh, supporters both in Moscow and here in the U.S., have told us Ukraine can never, ever win. Really? Has anyone let Ukraine know about that? They may feel differently. Uh, we will see. It does seem like the action over the past 24 to 72 hours have indeed been a turning point of some sort. Whether things get worse or better from here, of course, is still anyone's guess, and we're keeping our eyes on that nuclear plant. Uh, anyway, if you have a guess, I said it's anyone's guess. If you have one, 818-985-KPFK. Has any of this uh, changed your view or your outlook on Russia's war? I'm sorry, their special military operation. Uh, do you, like me, oppose war and call out the imperialist aggressors, whether they happen to be Russia or the U.S.? Just as you and me have called out the imperialist aggressors attacking sovereign nations when that nation doing the attacking happens to be U.S.? Or have you been hoaxed into making some sort of exception for Russia based on some sort of limp claims by Kremlin-paid stooges to try and justify the unjustifiable? 818-985-KPFK. We'll uh, take some of your calls here. Let's go to Al in Los Angeles. Hey, Al, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hi. Hey there. You're on the air. Yeah, you know, I I think history shows that, you know, war is overrated. What does that mean? The, uh, well, you know, the American Revolution uh didn't the bulk of the of the uh, British Empire uh get their liberty without going to war? 
the bulk of the British Empire get their liberty? Uh, you mean w- w- taking back their countries from the uh, monarchy, from the empire, from the British Empire? If so, the answer, well, there was a whole lot of war. There was hundreds of years of killing and slavery in more recent times. Yeah, there's been a lot of countries who have uh, basically declared their independence now that the age of empires, in theory, is over. Well, look, man. But it took them hundreds of years. Canada, you know, uh, just to name two, they got their independence without going to war against Britain. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, maybe, but it took them, actually, it it took them hundreds of years of, of being, uh, you know, enslaved and kept down by the, uh, by the UK. And so I'm not sure entirely what your point is. And and, uh, New Zealand and uh, Australia being kept down and whatever you Mm. said. Mm-hmm. So these countries got their uh, their freedom from the British Empire without firing shots. Well, ask you know, ask the Aborigines in uh, Australia and New Zealand uh, if they know, feel hey, that listen, they were. Yeah, I'm talking about the the, the nation. I'm not talking about the native uh, the natives <laughs> of those countries. The There's, people, obviously, they were uh, annihilated. Right. That's a problem. That's, I'm not. T- I'm talking about the nation states. I'm not talking about the Aborigines. Uh, well, okay, I, I think I get your point. Uh, I'm not sure if sitting around and waiting hundreds of years I'm until, not, I'm not until it's safe to the ground. Yeah. I mean, you know, no. the Canadians and the Australians and the New Zealanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they weren't sitting around. Um, okay. Thanks, Al. I'm not entirely they were sure. Huh? Yeah, they they, they were, were living. Well, they, they were fire a shot, and they became independent from Great Britain. Well, yeah, the uh, the white Europeans who eventually came over, but again, the natives uh, in in uh, in North America, in Canada, in Australia, in New Zealand were absolutely wiped out. And I don't understand why you say, uh, "Oh, uh, I'm not talking uh, about them." Uh, all right. I don't no, think we're. I'm not. Yeah, all right. I'm not, you're comparing apples to oranges, man. I'm talking about all right. the nation state. All right. Well, not I get the original inhabitants. Uh, okay. Well, I guess you made your point. Maybe someone can explain it to me. I appreciate the call, Al. I really do. 818 985 KPFK. Let's go to, uh, let me get one more here before I get to a break. Tim in Carson, uh, California. Hey, Tim, welcome to the broadcast. Oh, Tim. All right. Tim's back on hold. I will. Uh, let me do uh, one point here. Um, let's see. How do I? I, I don't even know. how. To, uh, I think I accidentally hung up on Tim. Call back, Tim. Uh, anyway, uh, Twitter has been a buzz. I want to throw out some more. I know people are uh, calling in and Desi's trying to line them up and I'm accidentally hanging up on them. My apologies. Uh, Twitter has been a buzz with speculation from a bunch of uh, Trump watchers, top Trump watchers. As of Sunday evening, as Newsweek described it early on Monday morning, Donald Trump made a surprise tr- and unannounced visit to Washington, D.C. on Sunday, prompting speculation and rumors about the reason for the trip. A video of Trump arriving at Dulles Airport in Virginia, which is frequently used by those who are heading to the Capitol, was posted online by a freelance reporter. The former president can be seen getting out of a plane and heading into a vehicle waiting on the tarmac. But here's what's weird, aside from it, this whole thing not being announced. Trump appears to be wearing golf shoes. 
and a white polo top. So he flew to D.C. in golf shoes from his golf course in Bedminster, New Jersey. Or he flew to D.C. in such a hurry that he didn't have time to or wasn't allowed to change out of his golf shoes. What's going on here? A motorcade of vehicles is then seen driving away on this video uh, with the the reporter uh, taping it, suggesting that Trump was perhaps heading off to his golf course in D.C. But Trump has only visited Washington, D.C. one time since leaving the White House in January of 21, and he made no mention of this trip to D.C. on his pretend Twitter social media site, uh, where he otherwise comments on absolutely everything these days, constantly. In fact, by the time he arrived in D.C., he had not posted anything at all on his Truth Social account for about 18 hours for some reason, which in and of itself uh, has been cited by some of the Trump watchers as peculiar. Nor had he mentioned anything, uh, issued any statement about the trip in any way. Many have suggested that Trump being dressed in golf attire suggests that the visit was not planned or that he needed to or needed to be taken at a moment's notice. The surprise visit has resulted in a range of theories being shared online. Some have suggested that Trump may be in D.C. because he is due to be arrested by the Department of Justice. We don't know. We have no evidence of that. But. At this point, we don't know anything about it. Perhaps there has already been a sealed indictment against him uh, that has been filed, as uh, some have suggested. Lindy Lee, a political commentator and uh, DNC member, tweeted, quote, Trump is in D.C. 57 days before the election, which is right around the time that the DOJ's alleged 60 day threshold for election year sensitivities for actions on cases that could affect the upcoming election. So she says uh, if the theories of indictment hold true, this would be perfect timing. Veteran former prosecutor Elizabeth De La Vega quipped on uh, on Twitter, quote, I don't think anyone should go charging in on this. Oh, I see what she did there. George Conway, longtime Republican Trump opponent and uh, the uh, uh, and attorney and husband of uh, Trump advisor Kellyanne Conway, replied to De La Vega, said, uh, indeed, I plead that everyone stop speculating. You see what he did there? <laughs> Ouch. In response, Terry Canefield, defense attorney, longtime Trump watcher and, and legal uh, interpreter, uh, she tweeted, Quote, it doesn't seem to be a particularly arresting development. Anyway, we don't know what's going on there. 818-985-5735. Others suggested that Trump may be visiting Walter Reed Hospital for health reasons, but in golf shoes? He must have had to get to Walter Reed in a hurry if that was the case. Others have said that, uh, that you know, that what could have possibly been an emergency uh, if he flew all the way to D.C. rather than going to a local hospital closer to his golf club in New Jersey, where he has been staying over the summer. And if it wasn't an emergency, why would he still be wearing his golf shoes and and golf clothes to go? He was, in fact, seen later on, uh, I think it was Monday, riding around his golf course in Maryland in a golf cart. According to AP photos, he did not appear to be playing, but I don't know. Yeah, we are irresponsibly rumor-mongering here for a change today on the broadcast. 
But it has been a very serious week on this show over the past week, so I don't mind a brief break, frankly. If you would like to jump in and rumor monger and speculate, you're welcome to do it. 818-985-KPFK. Walter Reed, by the way... um, uh, put out a statement to or gave a statement to Newsweek that uh, said it cannot confirm or deny reports that Donald Trump visited the facility, saying in their statement, out of respect for all of our patients' privacy, Walter Reed National Military Medical Center's policy is we do not provide patient information. Trump, of course, is currently under a federal investigation into claims that he mishandled Classified documents seized by the FBI from his Mar-a-Lago resort. He also faces a number of other charges in relation to the January 6th attack and his alleged attempts to overturn the 2020 election. So he could be in D.C. maybe uh, for a deposition. Who knows what's going on here? Is he turning himself in for some sort of plea deal? Uh, In response to a sealed indictment, uh, or is he giving a deposition, a testimony? Is it a health issue? What the hell is going on? 818-985-KPFK. Let me go to uh, who's got a a thought here. Let's go to uh, Joe in Silver Lake. Hey, Joe, welcome to the broadcast. Oh, Joe. Now, I'm not doing anything wrong here, am I? I don't think. No, you know, I I don't think so. I think we are having technical issues again with the phone. So, hey, everybody, thanks for calling in. And if you're on hold and you get disconnected, please do call me back because I will be right here and ready to put you on. And stay on the line. Do you know know how to uh, remove Joe without hanging up on Joe? Um, I will try to do that. Go ahead. Try that because otherwise I'm afraid I'll hang up on him. There you go. I don't know how you did it. It's magic. Let's see if uh, Mike in L.A. is there. Oh, Mike in L.A., are you there? Hey, Brad, just having a few thoughts. By, by the way, why is it I had to find out about the war in Ukraine by turning into the BBC on the weekend and couldn't find anything on American networks? Anyway. I know. Uh, it's it's sorry. it's kind of pathetic. I mean, uh, America, you know, U.S. media outlets have been spending more time on the Queen, uh, the Queen of England, than on this huge news out of uh, out of uh, Ukraine. Uh, not to mention the you know huge news here in America when it comes to fighting for our what's left of our democracy. And um, you know the, the the networks did not cover Joe Biden's primetime speech warning that democracy in America is in real trouble. And yet every well, network in the country has been going wall to wall on Queen Elizabeth. I don't get it. Anyway, yeah, well, go ahead, Mike. Every network in this country is in uh, Pat Chiaski's network movie from the 1970s. Network, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. In any event, uh, yeah. a few facts to mention. Yeah. One is that uh, there used to be what was called the Western White House mm-hmm. in San Clemente, California, which was uh, Richard Nixon's uh, lair mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. iniquity. Yeah. Uh, though there's no particular reason to have called it that, except that it suited his ego. Right. Uh, Reagan had his Western White House as well. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And uh, it's also the case that uh, various uh, experts in the field of psychiatry have uh, declared Mr. Uh, Former President uh, officially Mm -hmm. and irretrievably bonkers. Yeah. And uh, also, it's the case that there is a slam dunk conviction for violation of the Espionage Act and theft from the United States. Sure seems like it. Yeah. 
And uh, it just occurs to me that maybe we should designate Mar-a-Lago the southern detention facility, <laughs> uh, declare Trump the official emperor of the United States, uh-huh. along the lines of the Emperor Norton, uh-huh. who reigned in Northern California in the 19th century and was humored by everyone. Okay. And wore an elaborate uniform, and uh, we could just have Mr. Trump down there confined uh, to his golf course and his uh, resort, and uh, he could just stay there forever until the waters rose above him. <laughs> and we could call him Emperor uh, Trump, and that would satisfy all the uh, people who have adopted insanity in the style of himself. Yeah, maybe, Mike, but uh, but I'm not sure I like the idea of letting him live at his country club for the rest of his days when anyone else who had done what he has done would be spending a whole bunch of years in uh, federal prison, frankly. Yeah, but it's, but a, I hear it's a country club he could never leave. Uh, I hear you. And it's a Trump. I hear you, but, but, you know, when you put it that way, uh, I wish someone would send me to a country club I could never leave. It sounds fantastic. Mike, I got to get to a break, brother. Thank you for the call. Always good to hear from you. Hope you are well, sir. Thank you, Mike. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Let me take a quick break. We'll come back and I will hang up on all the callers accidentally after this break. Just kidding. I hope. Tim, hang in there. Thanks for calling back. Quick break. We're back with the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Yep. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. I got a lot to talk about, but... You guys also have a lot to talk about, it looks like. So let me get to more of your calls. 818-985-KPFK. Let's see if we got Tim right this time. Oh, Tim, welcome to the broadcast. Are you there this time, sir? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, good. What's up, brother? Hey, how's it going? Um, Just wanted to call. You know, we're hearing a lot about these crime waves and... um, I want to know, you know, what's the truth? You know, it's hard to realize. I think as a country, we've lost our, you know, notion of truth. And I don't know where to look anymore. I hear you. Violent crime is way down from where it used to be in the uh, 70s and 80s and even 90s. Um, There has been sort of a bump, as I understand it, in crime uh, following the pandemic. Uh, not that the pandemic is over, but uh, since we've all decided to pretend the pandemic is over. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, what? pretty much everything I'm hearing about the supposed crime wave is coming from the Republican Party who has a vested interest in pretending that there is a crime wave. Um, you heard anything different than that? You know, I just hear it around my social circles that people are not parking their cars on the street, you know, and they're they're acting differently because they're hearing about it. But I haven't, you know, known of anyone to have, you know, been affected by any crime any more than normal. Yeah, and, and not any more than normal. There is actually a crime wave when it comes to catalytic converters. 
uh, that people who own Priuses, because we had our Prius catalytic converter stolen, because apparently there are uh, rare elements or something that are in these things, and they're being taken off of cars and sold for scrap. There is that going on now that criminals have figured out that's a way to make some money. But yeah. Uh, other than that, it sounds like a whole bunch of people in advance of November trying to scare a whole bunch of people into, uh, uh, f- frankly, voting against Joe Biden because it's his crime wave or something like that. Make sense? That's what I thought. Yeah, that's that's my understanding as well, Tim. There may be a rise, but uh, not not the way it's being portrayed. Hopefully that's helpful, brother. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for calling back, too. I I really do appreciate it. Sorry about uh, hanging up on you in the first place. Let me go to Anna in Glendale. Hey, Anna, welcome to the broadcast. What's on your mind? Well, I have a comment. I am praying for Trump's rapture that we can be (laughs) left behind. And I'm serious. I've been thinking about this for a long time. I was thinking of having a T-shirt made. But at any rate, I did uh, have up front and close with Trump when I lived in New York City when he was married to the first wife. I have to ask you, is that a pun on the way he buried the first wife in the first sand pit of the first hole of Bloodminster or whatever that is? Bloodminster? Uh, is it a pun? Is it a dirty sort of pun? Uh, um, you may have to say the pun as long as it's FCC safe. You can't say it? Too Bostonian to say it, Um, but, you know, she was the first, his first wife, he was her second husband, and I just wondered, well, I'm not going any further, you can draw your own conclusions, but I've been thinking about it, I think it was, he really pulled a real one on us, plus he's claiming, you know, it as a cemetery and taking tax write-offs. Ah, I see, Desi just told me the pun. And okay, thank you. She, and and uh, she typed it in, and I think you're right. We probably shouldn't say it on air, but, he, but I, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. Goodbye. That, <laughs> thanks, Anna. Goodbye. Eight one eight nine eight five. KPFK, anything, I told you, anything you want to talk about, I've got a ton of stuff to talk about. I've got a ton of important stuff to talk about. But you know what? That's why we do the broadcast five days a week. So we will get to that as the week continues. I'm moderately certain. We'll find out. Uh, how often do I get to talk to you guys? Let's go to another mic in Santa Barbara. Lovely, hopefully now cool Santa Barbara. Hey, Mike, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Brad. Well, kind of warm for us, but not too bad compared to L.A., I'm sure. Well, you know what? Uh, it, anything compared to last week is is just fine because oh, it was horrific, yeah. especially for those of us who do not have air conditioned. And I was whining about it every single day on the uh, on the broadcast. So anyway, yeah, it was it was it was bad here, too. And we're right next to the beach. So yeah. But everything's horrible. fine because a hurricane has come along and knocked out the heat wave. So we go from record right. heat waves <laughs> Amid a record drought ended by uh, a hurricane that hits California in the middle of September. And I am just going to jump in and say how weird it is that California is the only state in the United States this year to be touched by a hurricane. By a hurricane of all places. It's California. And yet we still have members of Congress on the floor of the House of Representatives calling climate change a hoax. And, uh, you know, condemning the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which makes the largest ever 
investment to stop climate change in not just U.S. history, but world history. All right. All of that said, Mike, I've completely uh, taken over your call, so I'm returning it to you. What's up, brother? Well, I mean, effectively, um, T. Rump, as I call him, Uh uh, has has blown up our whole intelligence system. Even if he didn't sell our secrets and our and our um, you know foreign assets mm-hmm. and agents yep. to other foreign countries, anyone who was a foreign asset to us yep. is either dead or in hiding right now because no one can trust us anymore. No one, no one is going to contact us with information because they're terrified that they've been compromised. Mm-hmm. Whether or not he whether or not he gave the stuff to anybody else or not, no one knows. Right. He's destroyed he's destroyed our intelligence system. Mm. Anyone that did anything one one millionth less than what he did, I mean one one millionth of what he did, yeah. their lives would have been destroyed already. They oh, would yeah. have been if you if you accidentally mishandle one top secret document, mm-hmm. they arrest you instantly and they destroy your life. Oh yeah, listen, why re- is this guy. Yeah. Why is he not? Why is he not in jail? What is going on? Because we do not have a system. I know we love to say no one is above the law, but obviously that is untrue from what we have seen with Donald Trump. Nobody would get that kind of treatment. You're absolutely right. Reality Winner stole one lousy classified document and made it available to the media because she was trying to show that, yes, Russia had, in fact, uh, broken into voting systems in 2016, voter registration systems specifically, and the U.S. had not told anyone about that. She decided that people should know that, and you can debate whether she was right or wrong about that, but she ended up going to jail for five years after doing what she felt was the right thing. This guy steals literally more than a thousand pages of documents marked as classified, more than 10,000 pages of government documents that he has no right to have under the Presidential Records Act that belong to the American people that are supposed to be watched over by the the National Archives and Records Administration— And he's running around like everything's fine, flying out to D.C., maybe to play golf on his course. We don't know, but, you know, we'll we'll see how long this lasts. Either either to play golf on his course or to uh, uh, hand the Saudis more uh, Mm. of our national secrets. Who knows what he's doing? You know, and and and. Where where are all the missing documents? What's buried in his wife's grave? Duh. Oh, she was cremated. Duh. She was cremated. Why does she have a full size grave? Uh, I don't know. Was she cremated? I didn't know uh, if that was the case. I I doubt they buried. Okay. Well, I, I you know they might have might as well cream cream uh, burn the documents when they cremated her rather than uh, bury them where they could be found. But we don't know. And that's why it's so outrageous that this Trump appointed judge has shut this whole thing down, yeah. shut yeah, down this investigation. A, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great point. And then so how is she not guilty for for aiding and abetting treason and espionage? How is that, quote, unquote, judge? And, and what's going on with the Department of Justice? Why are they not charging and arresting any of these? Well, I, 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 
traitors. They're traitors. Oh, uh, you know what? I think they're working on it. Story just broke as I was going to air here, and I haven't got to read the details of it yet. But there have been forty subpoenas uh, that were uh, handed out over the past week in the. Uh, I think it's in the, related to the grand jury, the January sixth grand jury. Uh, phones have been confiscated from. Um, uh, what's the guy's name? The uh, 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 Epstein, yeah, Boris, Boris Epstein, uh, one of the uh, the big Trump propagandists out there who used to work at Sinclair over our public airwaves and go on and and lie about Donald Trump. Uh, he has had his phone confiscated, so uh, they're getting there. Uh, just keep making noise, raising hell, stay patient, fight like hell for November to, uh, you know, that's that's where we get a chance to have our say. Mike, I got to get to a break, brother. Thanks, man. I appreciate the call. Keep up the good work. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. 818-985-KPFK. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll come back with as many calls as we can fit in in our closing few minutes. I'm Brad Friedman. You are listening to the Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. Please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is serving you. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to counter the powerful corporate media echo chamber. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com with you here. I got an email from Caroline uh, to bradcast at bradblog.com in upstate New York. Uh, She writes, hi, Brad and Desi. I love listening to your show in Rochester, New York on FM 106.3 when I'm in the car. Uh, I especially appreciate your in-depth coverage of elections and climate change. The devastating effects of the climate crisis become clearer every day. Yet I don't see most people changing their personal behavior much. I myself need to do much more, she writes. I don't know if you've said a lot about the things people can do to reduce energy use in their home, yard, transportation, food choices, etc. Much can be done that doesn't involve buying anything new and can save folks money. I think your audience would be receptive to this. I don't listen daily, she says, so perhaps you've already talked about the energy reduction measures Uh, Even so, I think this topic merits repeating. We have to try to keep making a difference. Best, Caroline. Well, if she doesn't listen daily, I'll just say, yeah, Caroline, we cover it all the time. We have covered it (laughs) hundreds and hundreds of times. Sorry you missed it, but uh, no. Have have we covered it, Des? We have covered somewhat because, you know, there there are things that individuals can do. And collectively, if everybody does everything they can, then yes, that will make a difference. However, the biggest systemic issue is the use of fossil fuels and in Individuals can affect that by themselves using less fossil fuels. But in order to get off of fossil fuels, we have to find a way to transition the entire global economy. And that's a bigger that's a bigger fish to fry. We should uh, try to schedule a show at some point on a on a slow day. <laughs> on a slow day, we should try to uh, schedule a show with uh, bring someone on who is uh, an expert in that sort of thing and telling us what sort of thing that he, people can do around their own homes and so forth to uh help fight climate change. Uh, Thanks for that note, Caroline. Uh, Let's go to Bill in Santa Monica. Hey, Bill, welcome to the broadcast. Hello, Brett. I I had a question to ask you about Putin. Okay. Do you really think that Putin would ever take a defeat, that he would maybe say, okay, you win, I was wrong? 
here, here's Crimea back. He would never do that. Do you think he would? Um, do you not think he'll go nuclear weapons if it looks like he'll be defeated? He might. No, it's no dumbite about it. He will. Well, that's not uh, that's not necessarily his choice. In other words, uh, what you're seeing uh, now and the story that I was I was uh, the stories that I was sharing a little bit earlier had to do with the fact that uh, his own people, his own supporters now seem to be maybe uh, turning on him. And does that go? For, yeah. Does that go for his generals? Uh, maybe. Oh, yeah. The guy. Oh, yeah. The guy from uh, Chechnya, Chechnya is a, uh, uh, you know, has been leading the fight for him uh, in Ukraine. And he's saying he's really unhappy with what is going on. All I know is in their history, there are people who burn their own capital city twice, yeah. once with Napoleon, once with the Germans. Uh, there is no way that Putin would ever accept defeat. He'll go nuclear if he feels he the only way he won't is if he died or assassinated by one of his own generals. Yeah, well, that could happen, too, Bill. But I don't think we know enough about who his generals are. Look at Trump's generals. Look at those three star, uh, the Flynn brothers and the other generals. Mm -hmm. Trump went into a room and cursed out all of his generals, Mm -hmm. and they just sat there and didn't say anything. I believe Putin has more control over his generals. Well, I think that you cannot fight a nuclear country to to one is defeated. You you may Bill, you may be right. You may be right. But what are you suggesting with that comment? In other words, why why are you make why you feel strongly about that point? Because I don't want to see the world come to an end. Well, I don't either. But should we change? Yeah. Yeah. Every war game that our generals have done. This is I heard earlier on. uh, couple days ago on Amy's show, Mm -hmm. it always ends in the world being destroyed. We have nuclear weapons. Russia has 6,000. That is no way we can fight a war with Russia for any reason. Well, we are not. No, we are. We're giving them our our arms manufacturers Mm -hmm. are making a mint off of this. They always do. There was no reason to expand up to his border when we promised him Uh we wouldn't go past the Rhine when the Berlin Wall fell. Well, And I'm short, Bill, I'm short on time here, but I'm trying to get at what are you getting at? What are you calling for? Are you saying we should change? Yeah, yeah, that they stop this war. Who? 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 That we let him have what he's taken. That's the end of it. Let him have. So give away the give away Ukraine, give away the millions of people who live there. Let them live under the imperial thumb of Vladimir Putin. Is that what you're suggesting? How many many people in Ukraine have died already? Uh, Well, thousands. And what's the and what's the reason behind it? Because Russia attacked them. And, and, and And that was worth all these people dying. No, it was not their choice. It was not their choice. They're trying to defend themselves, Bill. No, you can't defend yourself to the end of the world. What is wrong? Why do people not see that? The Mm. most important thing is that human beings survive. If a nuclear war happens, human beings will not survive. There's nothing else that matters. If Putin takes some land and it can't be stopped... Then it can't be stopped. So it takes it. He'll stop stop if you give him Ukraine, if you let him enslave millions of people. You're saying he's not then going to march into Romania and Poland and states thereafter. He's going to stop, right? Let me ask you a question. The way way Hitler stopped once he took Poland. Yeah, go ahead. The Russians have never attacked west of the Rhine, Uh ever, in their history. They've always been attacked. Let me ask you something personally. Yeah, quickly. Are you willing to die because of Ukraine? 
Am I willing to die? I would, I would prefer, I would prefer to not die because of Ukraine. No, pill. are you willing to die because of Ukraine? I am not going to war. I'm not putting my life on the line. But right now, it's not up to me. The country of Ukraine. All right, I, 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 I really appreciate the call. I'm sorry it came so late in the, uh, in the show here because I really do have to get out. So I'm not trying to hang up on okay. you, Bill. But no, the I people, understand. the We've people of Ukraine, time, so. Bill, Bill, the people of Ukraine have made the decision that they wish to fight to defend their homeland, much as I suspect so the president, the this country. Hang on, Bill. The president of Ukraine has take that made that decision, not the people of Ukraine. Well, I think the people have a different opinion about that because they're uh, lining up to go fight this war. They have an unlike oh, in Russia, unlike same. in Russia, where they have to force people to go fight the war in Ukraine. They actually want to defend their homeland. I got to get I out. Built into the war in Vietnam. I was forced to fight a war that I did not want to fight. Well, let's turn back the time machine and we can fight over that one. Oh, Bill, I got to get out, brother. You're still fighting a civil war, so don't tell me about a time machine. Okay. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate the call. Uh, do I have any more time? I'm up against it. Let me get one more on the crime wave in Santa Monica. Oh, and maybe Morris. I don't know if we'll have time. Peter, quickly, what you, what's on your mind? Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Oh, Peter. Oh, Peter. So close. We were so, you know, I think it's that line number seven that's a problem. Let me go. Well, then, therefore, we go to st- we go to Morris in Long Beach. Elmo, welcome to the broadcast, brother. Brad, we're going to get out the historical narrative. Here we go. Donald Trump could face the death penalty. We need to realize there's a difference between civil law and military law. And I would rather get busted with two, uh, 20 pounds of cocaine for the Espionage Act. Yeah, the Rosenbergs, in fact, were uh, put to death having violated the, uh, the, uh, the Espionage Act, which it sure looks like Donald Trump has uh, violated as well. I have a feeling he's not going to be put to death. He may not even be charged. He may not even be put in jail. But it's a very serious crime, so anyone who's not, uh, who doesn't take it seriously is being lied to or is lying to themselves. i got to get out. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to my board operator, Yout Orozco, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me an email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the TheBradBlog. I will see you there. Until we see you here next time, tomorrow, hopefully, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Hey, hey, hey.